0: Shalom, this is Amet, aka Shomer Man, and I would like to welcome you to the podcast. This is the very first one, and I have a bunch of fellow Avengers and Havareem here with me, and uh I'd like to introduce you to Shlomo, aka Ishpela, and Tirza, aka Isha Shamui, and Mazel, aka Hotzira, which is um, just incredible to have everybody here So, I'd like to get started with the Shekianu And get to this week's double Torah portion mm-hmm. Baruch donai Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam has- yes. yes. Shekianu ve'kimanu ve'higianu Hasman HaZe. Amen and sometimes you kind of forget the words, but Berukah,
1: because you're trying to say the other Barakas. Yes, you know, everything I mean, that, happened, that happened to me earlier <laughs> with with the uh, thing, I, we were saying I was trying to say the multi blessing, and uh-huh. I, I like substituted it with the Baraka for reading the. Torah.
0: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> bread, so great to confuse about. your bread with your bread. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the blessing before reading the Torah. Let us get underway with Parashah. Tazria Metzora. Zora. Barukata Adonai, Elohe nu Melekauam, Asher Bachar Banu Mikolamim. Amim, Natan Lanu et Torato, Barukata No Tena Torah Amen. Amen. And last week's Torah portion was Parsha Shemini. And there is a wonderful Seder that goes with each week's Torah portion when it comes to all of the readings that fit together. So there's obviously a Torah portion, and there's a Haftarah portion, and there's also a portion for the Besorah. And then there's also a Tehillim that corresponds with each parasha. So last week in Parasha Shemini... Which starts off with, it was on the eighth day, Moshe summoned Aharon and his sons and the elders of Yisrael. From Vayikra chapter 9, the tehalim of that Torah portion is Tehlim 128. So, I have Shlomo, a.k.a. ish here, that has a wonderful drop from his source.
1: Yes, I have a wonderful drop from... The source called Tehillim, Book of Psalms By the Kehot Humash Publications mm-hmm. It's a big Green book We and call it Sefer Yaroque Yes We call it The Green Book And <clears throat> it's just A wonderful Wonderful book To have If you don't have it I definitely Highly recommend You Should Get it Amen And may you be Blessed with it And may it bless you With wonderful knowledge uh, so I'm. I'm just gonna start by reading the psalm, and so the psalm is 128. So the psalm goes. It's a it's a song of ascents. It's the ninth song of ascent. So we are on the ninth step when you say this song. Mm. It's a song of ascents. Fortunate is anyone who fears God, avoiding his prohibited prohibitions, and who walks in his ways, fulfilling his positive mitzvah. When you eat of the labor of your palms, you will be happy and you will have goodness. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the inner chambers of your house. Your children like olive saplings around your table. Behold, so will be blessed the man who fears God. May God bless you from Zion and may you see the goodness of Yerushalayim all the days of your life. And may you see children born to your children and may you see peace upon Israel. Amen. Amen. So, the commentary on here says, now this is from the Tehillim Midrash, which says that this, the Midrash reads, the Psalm as a reference to converts. Hmm. The Psalm does not say, fortunate are the Kohanim or fortunate are the Levites. Rather, fortunate is anyone who fears God, alluding to the converts. To which convert does the Psalm refer? to the righteous convert who fears god and walks in his ways the convert might worry woe is to me since i don't have the merit of the forefathers who kept the torah and its mitzvot all of my good deeds will only provide me reward in this world the verse therefore informs informs the converts that on their own merit alone they will enjoy reward both in this world and the next Hence, when you eat the labor of your palms for the good deeds over which you labor in this world, you will be happy in this world and you will have goodness in the world to come. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine, though she is converted along with you and is not a born Jewess. She is like all daughters of Israel. She will merit to have children like olive saplings, just as olives have many uses, food, oil, etc., and its leaves remain fresh throughout the year, so too the child, the children of converts will be multifaceted, containing masters of Scripture, masters of Mishnah, merchants, and etc. Behold, so was blessed the man who feared God, referring to Abraham and Sarah, who were converts. And so will be blessed all converts who follow in their ways. And may you see children born to your children. This alludes to a convert, who daughters marry marries a Cohen. Peace upon Israel means that his grandchildren will be Kohenim, who bless the children of Israel with the priestly blessings, which conclude and grant you peace.
0: Wow. So, basically, when you look at the convert, which is a proselyte, or um, someone from the nations, because they're not Jewish, so... Uh, if you technically weren't Quote unquote born Jewish Don't have a Jewish mother You're considered to be a child Of Abraham and Sarah Even when you're brought in Because you emulate the same pattern Which Abraham and Sarah go Come from basically So mm-hmm. when you look at uh, Entering into The Jewish faith And following Hashem And keeping the Torah Believing in the Mashiach And uh, you end up in a sense, being that person who is truly blessed and the the person who fears Hashem. So therefore, there's any uh, any notion that would be presented of, well, you're not really Jewish because you weren't born Jewish doesn't become a valid uh, argument or right. accusation at, at all. Because if if that is ever brought up as a, a issue, then you have to go all the way back to their lineage and looking at that they descended from Abraham. So whether you were born Jewish or whether you're reborn Jewish, that that's not a valid statement or a valid question to be asked. So that's beautiful, and I love how uh, Rabbi uh, Griffin and uh, with Lapid shared that you know that's a very uh, offensive question because it breaks Halakha that you're not even supposed to bring those types of things up so uh, I love the fact that this Tehillim points that out and so you were sharing with me that it's been heavy on your heart about proselytes yeah
1: well just Shemitah itself because it seems because of the Torah portion and (coughs) Shemitah just kind of backtracking here because this. Is Mm -hmm. a song for Shemini. The uh, the number of verses in Shemini is ninety one, which alludes to Ovadiah, which that's the mnemonic Hmm. for the portion. Mm -hmm. And Ovadiah was also a convert, and his name literally means a servant of God. Wow. So.
0: So converts are servants of
1: Hashem. If yeah, converts are servants (laughs) of Hashem, and taking into context with, with, uh, you know how. How does one become a convert how does How does one begin you know in the study of torah or 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 you know in service of Hashem and it's through fear you know well wow. fearing Hashem you know it says that Abraham feared God after he offered Isaac, and Obadiah says that he feared God very much mm. because he hid a hundred prophets for the sake of continuing the nation. And so just just thinking about the the fact of where Judaism would be without converts, you know. Mm. There's so many there's so many great sages and so many great prophets that were converts and it's just it's amazing. It amazes me. And then just going back to where how Abraham is, is our father, you know? Right. And uh just thinking about what the term children of Abraham means, you know. The, the children of Abraham, you know, you could be Ishmael or you could be the Akedah. Wow. You know, just depends on where, you, where are you doing, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So. Wow. So the Or HaChaim literally brings down that Ishmael technically wasn't even a child of Abraham, wasn't even a son. It was right. actually called a slave. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Rab Shaul, in his letter to the Galatians, actually brings it down like don't be a child of the slave woman but be a child of the free one and so really what he was saying is that you know are you really going to be a person who just attaches yourself to abraham but you're trying to work your way into the family so to speak because there was no way really for ishmael to be a valid son because he just wasn't born from sarah You know, and so Sarah represents Bina, which is called the Yerushalayim from above. And Mashiach says that we have to be born from above. And so really what he's saying is don't try to come into the faith and follow after Messiah, keep the Torah, without being born again from above. Because if not, you're just going to be a slave.
1: You need to convert
0: so you need to convert. And on that note of conversion, which is so beautiful because it also ties into Parsha Metzorah, believe it or not. Cool. But before we go there, the incredible Talmud, which is another Avenger of ours, uh, he drops a little bit of something, something from what is his source here? It's uh, creating a Jewish identity is the source. And so it says... Even if you've been living a Jewish life for years, conversion rituals reenact a physical birth. And I love that first statement because this reminds me of the statement that Yeshua HaMashiach had with Naqtimon, which is commonly known by Nicodemus, which, by the way, Naqtimon is one of the commentators in the Talmud. So... Um, He was having a conversation with him because he was like, how can I be born again? Like, what, I got to go back into the womb? Like, that's not even possible. But here we got in this writing, says, even though you've lived a Jewish life for years, the conversion ritual is how to be born again. So if you want to be born again, if you want to be a child of Abraham and Sarah, if you want to be born again from above, you have to go through a mikvah. You have to go through a conversion. So... The source continues by saying floating in a mikvah has an undeniably amniotic quality about it. Ritual conversion or ritual circumcision recalls an event that is usually performed on an eight day old baby. And like infants, newcomers to Judaism acquire a name. With a new name, a new status and an exquisite understanding of how little you know about Judaism and Jewishness, you are in a tender state, which is incredible, because if you ever try to come forth for conversion and you're all if you're ever rejected for any issue. The thing about conversion is you don't have to know everything about Judaism. You know, you can even read Acts chapter 15, and it talks about there's three things that the people who are coming in need to do. They need to refrain from idolatry. They need to refrain from sexual immorality. And they also need to refrain from blood, eating things that are strangled. So that's kosher food, by the way. And so when you even look at that, you are truly a newborn. Like, how much does a newborn truly know about this world? When they come into it, you know, and so you think about entering in in that fashion. So here's the deal. So when you are a infant and a newcomer to Judaism, you acquire a name because you have been born again. And when you're a baby, you get named. Right. And it's usually on the eighth day. When the, the boy is circumcised or the, the girl who's already circumcised, she comes out and she gets named on the eighth day as well with a naming ceremony. Now, what I love about this is that that passage speaks directly to Yeshiyahu four five, And it says, one person will say, I belong to Adonai. And another person will use the name Yaakov. So Yaakov, by the way, is also known as Yisrael. And I happen to have with me here what's called some aspects of rabbinic theology. And this is on page 105. It says this. It's going to connect to Yeshiyahu 44. To the rabbis, at least, it is not a nation by virtue of race. Talking about Israel, by the way. It's not a nation by virtue of race. That's very important. I was asked this question by a coworker that was like, you're Jewish, you're black, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, well, Jews don't really have a race. And they're like, what? And it's like, okay, but they're a nation. And it's like, well, a eh, little bit more than that. And yes. And so it's just kind of like, what are you saying right now? Exactly what the rabbis are saying. It's not a nation by virtue of race Or of a certain Peculiar political Combinations Okay and then it says As Rav Sadia who by the way Comments in the Targum Unkalos quite a bit He expressed it because Our nation is Only a nation By reason of its Torah So we are basically One in Mashiach Who is the Torah by the way so, if you want to understand Yisrael, you have to understand the Torah. So, then it says the brutal Torahless nationalism promulgated in certain quarters would have been to the rabbis just as hateful as the suicidal Torahless universalism preached in other quarters. And if we could imagine for a moment Yisrael giving up its allegiance to God. Its Torah and its divine institutions, the rabbis would be the first to sign its death warrant as a nation. So in order to understand who we truly are, who we're born again into, this family that we have, it's all tied together in the Torah. All things are literally knit together in Torah. Which, by the way, is a passage in the Brit HaDashah that says all things hold together in Mashiach. And it's interesting here that the rabbis say that if Yisrael ever loses his connection with God, the Torah, or the divine institutions, the rabbis are the first ones to say, well, you have nothing. The nation, Yisrael, just doesn't exist. So without Torah, you don't have anything. Without Torah, you can't be born again. So... Which leads into the next statement that says there is a prophecy in Yeshia 44 five another shall subscribe with his hands unto Hashem means according to the rabbis the sinners who return unto him from their evil ways. Okay, then it says while the words and surname itself by the name of Yisrael are explained to be the proselytes who leave the heathen world to join with Yisrael. So. It says the word is goy and it says in the sense of a heathen, a non-Jew and a stranger, which, by the way, that's Tehillim 128 drops that down. And then it says for uh, later in the book, it says for those who make Hashem beloved by mankind are much greater than mere lovers By this acceptance of Torah, Israel made peace between God and the world. The ultimate end being that its influence will reach the heathen too. And all the Gentiles, all the goyim, all the non-Jews, will one day be converted to worship of Hashem. Then it says, for the Torah is not a Torah of priests. This sounds really familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not a Torah of Levites. Oh, that sounds real familiar. Nor the Torah of the Israelites, but the Torah of man, which the Hebrew is Torah Ha'adam, whose gates are open to receive the righteous nations, which keep the truth, and those who are good and upright in their hearts. Now, that is super prevalent because... Revelation 22:14 through 17 says, How blessed are those who wash their robes, so they have been set right to eat from the tree of life. So here's the deal. Where is the tree of life? Because, you know, you got to get there, right? There's a path to the tree of life. And it says, And who go into the gates into the city. Okay, so tell me why is it saying the Torah of man here is... It has gates to receive the righteous people who keep the truth and those who are good and upright. So now we're looking at the city of Hashem which contains the tree of life but you got to enter in through the gates which happens through Torah being born again. It says outside are homosexuals, those involved in occult, with drugs, with sexually immoral, murderers, idol worshippers which by the way if you're worshipping anything besides Hashem, His Torah, Mashiach, the All the 613 mitzvot, any of the holidays of Israel. If you're worshiping anything outside of that, you are in the category of idol worshiper. That means you don't get to go into the gates because you're showing that you don't care about them by your choices. Maybe not your intention, but that's your direction. Anyway, the verse says, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood." Why? Because those who get to go through the gates are those who keep the truth and those who are good and upright in their hearts. Last statement. Yeshua speaks and says this. I, Yeshua, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the messianic believing communities. Those who believe in Mashiach, basically. I am the root. And the offspring of David, which, by the way, is Zemach David. We pray that in the Shemone Esrei. The Zemach David, I am the Shechar Kochav, I am the morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, let anyone who hears say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come, let anyone who wishes take the water of life free of charge which is, by the way, Yeshayahu 55 one. So, the Torah is free and open to all men, and it's all about converts. And so, if we're not doing any converting or anything, that we really have to, you know, question ourselves, question what's going on, what's the holdup. Now, last little piece I want to drop here from the aspects of rabbinic theology, um, because this was interesting about being reconciled to Hashem because basically if you are not uh, connected with Hashem if you're not obedient to His Torah you're under, or by definition a sinner and so even those of us who are connected to Hashem we can't say that we're without sin because then we would also violate another writing that's written in the bread out that says he who says that he is without sin is a liar. But if he confesses before Hashem has sinned, then Hashem will be faithful to forgive. Well, believe it or not, that is actually a very rabbinic statement. Because over here on page 334 in the aspects of rabbinic theology, it says... Let not man say I have sinned and there is no hope of restoration or mending for me. But let him put his confidence in Hakadosh Baruchu and he will be received. Rather bold but true is the assertion of the mystic that even a voice from heaven telling man that he is excluded from repentance should not be obeyed. So there is there is no Time, No place No space for you to say That Hashem can't forgive me And I cannot make teshuva Even if you hear A mystic voice From Hashem Say No you can't repent Then you need to know That it's wrong um, It
1: might not be a voice From Shemayin. And it's
0: probably Not a voice from Hashem Because <laughs> there is one Who casts himself As an angel of light But we know He's full of lies But anyway It says It is the will Of Hashem Himself That man should become importunate with his prayers and supplications and persist in his entreaties until he finds admittance through the door of Teshuva. It is, as the word Teshuva suggests, first of all, returning from the evil ways. That is a strong determination on the part of the sinner to break with sin. You have to be determined not to be an idol worshiper. You have to be determined to grab onto the zizita Zed of Mashiach Yeshua. Is this why it is written in the Basora, The violent take it by force. You have to be forceful with your Teshuva. You can't play around. And it says to enter upon a course of Teshuvah and not leave off of sinning is compared to a man who enters a bath with the purpose of cleansing himself of Levitical impurity, but still keeps his hands Keeps in his hands the dead reptile Which caused his defilement Gross. Some people basically say It's like walking into the mikvah with a serpent mm. uh-huh. So You know we really have to understand Where we are with Hashem We can't just say oh yeah I want to be born again Make teshuva and, and don't really change our lives Change our hearts mm-hmm. So With that how does this connect us to Parsha Metzorah because Converts are like leprosy and it is written in yefemot 47b the jewish community has frequently been remiss in its treatment of the righteous converts i.e. the people who keep truth and who are good and upright in their hearts because they love hashem and they want his torah and they're making teshuva so the jewish community has been remiss in the treatment of these types of individuals Indeed one of the interpretations Of the Talmudic dictum is that The proselytes are burdensome Unto Israel as Leprosy So what's the deal with Leprosy because for leprosy You have to go outside The camp because no impure thing Can dwell inside the camp Because the camp is Surrounded by the glory Of Hashem surrounded by fire And water which is the Combination of chesed and it's the combination of Gevurah i.e the combination of chokmah and the combination of bina so it's the right and the left side put together in one that's the center focal point that's what the torah is it's the combination okay. of chesed and Gevurah you know justice and kindness where they kiss and where they meet which is the name of hashem hashem is merciful Elohim is the the Standard of judgment so Elohim Hashem Hashem Elohim when you put those two names Together that's what's surrounding The children of Israel and so In the midst of that there can be no Impurity so In Vayikra 14 Verse 2 it Says that this person Shall be brought to the Kohen this Leper and then verse 3 The Kohen shall go forth to the outside Of the camp the Kohen shall look, and behold, the leprosy affliction has been healed from the Metzorah. So when you look at the, po- the possibility of being purified from leprosy, you see that until that purification time, you're outside the camp. So no Jew who is completely in love with shem wants to be outside the camp. I mean, that's just not a place we want to be because you want to be inside the glory. So with that I want to mention here in this little section unless you have something each pelah you got any more conversion
1: well I'm trying to find the uh the drop on the the convert being a uh, leprosy on the skin of Israel Oh I just dropped that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. Where is that source though? Where is that? Yep,
0: remote 47B. Tommy Oh oh okay. Sorry, like a, I heard it. One one more thing is um if you look at uh, Pesachim eighty seven B, this is compliments of Ish Pela himself. What? He says and Rabbi Eliezer said, Hakadosh Baruku, exile Yisrael among the nations only, so that converts would join them. Mm. So here's the deal. If you don't like converts then what's hit rewind and and like go back to being a keeper of the truth one who's pure and upright at heart let's work on that leprosy is kind of an issue and you know rabbi griffin again brings down i call him captain israel this is what he is so he brings down that there's a common notion of behold i stand knocking at the door being like such a good thing but that's not a good thing You don't want Hashem knocking at your door because he traced it all the way back to Shir HaShirim 5, where it was talking about, you know, I'm calling out to my beloved and I want her to open up to me. And so there's this whole thing about there's levels of like arousing someone who is asleep, like wake up, you know, like there's the, hey, wake up, you know, sound a little noise, make make an alarm, and then there's beat on the door. and, And it's just like by the time it gets to that level, you know, it's. It's a problem. So behold, I stand at the door knocking is kind of like this last like trying to be nice. I'm trying to wake you up. And for this leper here, when they get to this point of being needing to be presented to the Cohen, they're at that point of Hashem standing and knocking at the door because leprosy. This comes from Rabbi Raskin. He brings down that leprosy is called an oat. An oat is a sign. And the sign is a testimony, and the sign is a witness. The Torah, by the way, is called a sign and a witness. But that's not a part of this, drash. But I'll keep going with this. And he says that because a person has leprosy, it means that they were being slanderous. They were being people of Lashan Haram. So, when you think about a convert being leprous on the skin of... A born or a reborn Jew, like someone who's already a part of the Jewish community, and they're upset with you. It's because you're pointing out that there's there's a little lack there. There's not enough blood flow going to the area, so the area is white. It's spotty here. Because converts, we come in and we're all like fired up and like, what do we need to do? What do I need to learn? Someone who's been observing someone who's been through the mikvah already, and maybe going through a dry spout, they get a little leprous. And Hashem has to knock at the door and let's not get upset when we get to that moment let's go ahead and be presented to the priest and stop causing him to knock at the door take some time outside the camp and I don't know where I just read this but I just read that it said when the when the Yehudi is sent outside the camp that should stir up in him oh my gosh I can't believe I'm here I need to make Teshuvah that's the uh shomer man midrash but it basically was saying them being outside the camp is to stir them to make the shuba. it's like think about why i'm here think about why are converts leprosy think about who heals leprosy what is the whole process now and VaYikra 14 it says that here's the deal so the Kohen shall command for the person being purified that there shall be taken two live, clean birds, cedar wood, crimson thread, and hyssop. The Kohen shall command, and the one bird shall be slaughtered into an earthen vessel over spring water. Okay, I'm just, I just got this down, though. Yeah. Because I was thinking right. about what Captain Israel was talking about with some of the Avengers, and how he was talking about the place where Mashiach was crucified, Mashiach was crucified, literally, on wood. Okay, now this cedar wood, let me just double check myself before I get in the MSU zone. This is uh, Pasuk Dalit. So, Dalid Mintahor, Zipporah, Chutat, be Eitz. Okay. Tree. So, Eitz Erez. So, it was a tree. Not necessarily acacia wood, but we know Mashiach was crucified on acacia wood, more than likely. But the specific terminology here is an eights. Okay. So tree. when Mashiach was crucified on an eights, okay, not a cross, it's an eights, it's a tree, okay, upright post here. Now, when he's crucified on that, his blood is spilled and the place where he was crucified was near a spring, and this is his earthen vessel that the blood is coming out of over this spring, okay, and then there's the crimson thread, and then there's the hyssop, and so he was he had the crown of thorns, and of course there are streaks of blood going down, and all of this is happening with a piece of wood, and so Why do I bring that up And why do I try to make this parallel Is because Rabbi Raskin was also talking about These two birds represent Mashiach And it represents the Jewish people And so you think about Why would Rob Shaul also write In one of his letters That I am crucified with Mashiach And no longer I live Because the birds are crucified Mashiach was crucified But we're also crucified We're called to lay our lives down To bring salvation to the nations How do we lay our lives down? We teach Torah. We step outside of ourselves and we open up the gates of righteousness to the beloved of Hashem who come from the four corners of the earth. So anyway, this is all happening and it says that it's it's the dove that brings the atonement. The dove. The Yonah. Yonah. Which is Yonah on Yom Kippur we read Yonah and he was sent specifically to go to um, where was that place again? Nineveh. 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 He was sent to Nineveh which
1: were Goyim. And he was which, upset because he's which, like, they're gonna listen. Which you know what is is <laughs> uh is the 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 example of Teshuva. Nineveh so is the example I, of Teshuvah. Israel is. had to learn Teshuva from a Goy nation. Oh dear. They so, so, so there you were kinda, you kinda gotta go there with that. Man.
0: So that's crazy. So verse six says as for the live bird he shall take it with the cedar wood and the crimson thread and the hyssop. He shall dip them in the live, he shall dip, dip them and the live bird into the blood and the bird of the bird that was slaughtered. So this other bird, this live bird is dipped into the blood that was slaughtered with all the hyssop, with all the crimson, with the wood and everything. And then it says, he shall, t- he shall, st- Sprinkle seven times upon the person being purified from the Za'arat, which by the way on Yom Kippur when they go into the Holy of Holies they sprinkle the Aron that, with seven that, sprinklings different. of blood and the Paroket as well which is the oh. Torah is the Aron and the parochit is Mashiach yeah. and then it says um, he shall purify him and he shall set the live bird free upon the open field To which Roskeen said, this bird is sent out to the field. Mashiach is not just for the Jews. He's also for the nations. He's sent out. And and again, we're in exile. We're sent out. And why are we sent out? Because we're supposed to bring in the nations. We're supposed to bring in the converts. Lead them in Torah. That's what Mashiach did. That's how all of us at this table got here. Is because Mashiach led us to Torah. He led us to himself. And as Captain Yisrael brings down, that Mashiach is the path, but he's also the destination. Mm-hmm. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The tree of life is the place that we're going to, which is inside the gates of Torah, but he is the path that leads us to the gate and through the gate and to the tree of life. So, Parsha Metzorah is a Parsha about proselytism, and it's also connected to Parsha Shemini but you might ask yourself if this was a double portion then why did we skip up to Well, because I'm going to open it up now to Ish Pela who said that he was studying the circumcision and circumcision is a part of being a proselyte. So I want you to just uh,
1: okay. well,
0: drop some of the things that you came across.
1: So this is what I came across. So circumcision... Is the, is a is a oath, a sign, right? Uh-huh. And we all know very good and well that this is the sign of Abraham. The descendants of Abraham carry the same sign. So if you're a child of Abraham, you're circumcised. What? If, if your heart is circumcised, meaning you accept upon yourselves to do the will of Hashem.
0: So wait, the circumcision of the heart is accepting upon yourself... To do the will of Hashem
1: Yes Wow hmm. A willingness to do His will Wow
0: Well this is interesting too Just to kind of bring up a little thing Where you're finding your point Is uh, Raskeem brings down That part of the Conversion process is to do a mikvah Which is also a Tavila The act of entering into the mikvah is called Tavila That means the immersion And he says Tevila is the same letters as Betul Which is self-nullification So in order for you to be Truly circumcised of Hashem I find it interesting that it's all about doing Hashem's will Well if you're doing someone else's will That means by default you're not doing your will But you're aligning your will To his will So to do an immersion Is to also nullify yourself
1: Well so here it goes. It says, A holy covenant, this is out of Psalm 105, 8, He remembers His covenant forever. His covenant refers to the covenant of circumcision. The word forever can also mean world, because it's olam, right? Hence, mm. a hom- homiletic reading of the verse, God remembers the world because of the covenant of circumcision. Wow. The covenant of circumcision concerns the organ of procreation, the human ability to bring life to the world. The righteous can be compared to this power of procreation. They, too, bring godly life and awareness to the world. The present verse reminds us of the value of the righteous, their commitment to procreate and imbue the world with life inspires God to remember the world, to grace us with his blessings.
0: Wait, that sounds like Tehillim 128 because it's talking about your wife should be a fruitful vine and her offspring will be like masters of Torah, multifaceted.
1: Okay, yeah. Wow. Okay, so then, then it and then it shifts to the uh, to his son Isaac, right? Uh huh. To, to and his oath to ta- Yitz, in this verse it actually says Le Isaac Not Yitzhak but Isaac with a Sheen. The Hebrew word for So Isaac the
0: Sadi becomes a sheen.
1: The, the the Hebrew word for Isaac is Yitzhak. However, in this verse, he is called Yisach. In this verse, as well as in three other verses in the Torah, Jeremiah thirty three twenty six and Whoa. Amos 7, 9, and 16. And then it goes into this whole discussion, the drosh, about Yitzhak and Yisach. Isaac's original name is Yisach To reduce the amount of years his descendants would have to be in Egypt. He agreed to have the letter Sheen of his name exchanged for the Sadi. Yisak was thus reduced to Yitzhak, a reduction of 210 in Gematria, the difference between the Zadi and the Sheen. In the merit of this reduction, the 210 years his descendants sojourned in Egypt were were sufficient. God had said that Abraham's descendants would be in exile for 400 years, but there but they were there for 210. The number 400 was reached by the counting the birth of Yitzhak, 190 mm-hmm. years before their descent to Egypt, the beginning of the the 400 years. Wow. The psalm in practice brings down the covenant that he forged with Avraham and his oath to Yitzhak, Psalm 105.9. Wow. Brit Milah Prayer. This verse is said during the prayer recited after the Brit Milah, The Samic Sedic writes in his notes to the Sidur of Rabbi Shneor Zamen of Ladi that the verse should be read as it is in Psalms where Isaac is called Yisach. The reason for this can be understood based on the difference between the two names. Yitzach contains the letter Sadik, the first letter of Zara, which means difficulty. Yisach, on the other hand, contains the letter Sin, which stands for Simcha. And Sasson, which the Talmud calls Yeshua, Simcha, and Sasson. Whoa! We were talking about the Akida, so joy and celebration in the future redemption. The difficulty of exile will be replaced with the joy of redemption. Yitzhak will become Yisach, kind of like you know, JC will become Yeshua because that's what he'll be known as. Yisach. Therefore, occurs four times in Torah corresponding to the four expressions of redemption oh. mentioned in Exodus 6, 6 er, verses 6 through 7. Come on, man. Accordingly, during the Brit Milah, is, it is more appropriate to cite the verse in which he is called Yisach. The next verse says, he gave them the lands of the nations so that he, they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Mm-hmm. Torah and the land. The Torah requires us to thank God after eating a satisfying amount of bread. The Torah does not dictate the wording of that prayer. Over time, however, a particular text was established. So, they're talking about the oral law. Moses composed and established the first (laughs) blessing. Joshua the second, David and Solomon the third. In the second blessing, which was written by Yehoshua, we thank God for giving us the land of Israel. The critical aspect of this blessing's composition Whose omission disqualifies the blessing's resuscitation is that it mentions circumcision and Torah, kind of like they go hand in hand. For it was through the covenant of circumcision that the land was granted to Abraham, see Genesis 17, 8. And it was in the merit of the Torah and its mitzvot that we indeed inherited the land. The connection between inheriting the land and the Torah is indicated in Deuteronomy 8, 1 in the final two verses of the present psalm. He gave the lands of the nations so that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Shulchan Aruch Harav Or one eighty-seven two through four. Source it. Yisak <laughs> is read as Yeshok, or Yesh meaning there is a fixed time. There is.
0: A, oh my God. An
1: end to the exile. Oh. See also Shine Lukot Habrit. Or Masechit Tana'it 207a
0: But it's shortened because the Akira can sacrifice himself
1: Exactly Oh
0: my goodness
1: The connection between Yisach and the Messianic age is perhaps seen Also seen in Psalm 126 too Then our mouths will be filled with laughter (laughs) Sochok Yeah, Sochfinu Sochfinu
0: go okay. get you some. It's the beer caught on his own. That's how we praise the Hashem. We eat some bread. <laughs> right. Man, are you kidding me? That's Yitzhak? That's yeah, Yitzhak. Simkan Sasong. So, Yitzhak, before he was the Akida, had a Sheen in his name. And that sheen represented Simkan Sason, which speak of the two Mashiachs.
1: Well, and it also says the first, let, it says he changed his, he, he traded his sheen for the tzaddik, for the letter Sadik, the first letter of Sarah, which I can't see the Hebrew here, but I'm almost positive it's like Saras. Which means, I don't know, so you might want to look that up. It says, which means difficulty. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Sarah? Like like Zoros, which is like your trials and your tribulations. And it rearranges to the word Zohar, which is the window of light. And it talks about how in your trials and your difficulties, there is a window of light. And how Mashiach says I am with you Even unto the end of the age Because in this world you will have trials You will have tribulations But my peace I give to you
1: Yes, it says in the future redemption The difficulty, the Sarah of exile Will be replaced with Simcha and sason.
0: So let us not give up And grow weary in doing good we have to go make converts. And the last thing I want to drop is just this statement that says that uh, when a mitzvah is performed at the appropriate time, it has the unique quality as reflected by the fact that it supersedes the prohibitions against labor on Shabbat. Speaking of circumcision. So when Mashiach in Yokan 723 says, now if a boy can be circumcised on the Shabbat, so that the Torah of Moshe may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Shabbat? So, Hashem, it's it's okay to circumcise on Shabbat, and that's not an issue when it comes to healing, because a person who is getting circumcised has the ultimate healing, which is bringing him in through the gates of righteousness. So, blessings to you. May you have a Shavua Tov and a wonderful Shabbat to my Avengers here, my Havarim, Todah, for y'all being a part of this. This is our first session. So, parsha Tatsuriah Medzorah, Baruch And we will close with a blessing for after Torah. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah telmet vechaye olam nata betokeinu. Baruch atah Adonai, noten ha Amen. What do we know? What do we know? Baruch Hashem.